Hey everybody, this is Natalie Griffin with Naughty Shaman. I'm super glad that uh, you're joining me today. I'm talking about something right now um, that is really up for so many of us, and it's up in our world right now. And it's our our need and our clamoring for some solid ground, for some certainty. So I'm going to talk about how our obsession with certainty can really derail us from our greatest dreams around relationships and career and family I mean, it's amazing how much our obsession with certainty can sabotage exactly what we're after. So if you look around today, like just look at the news. I don't look at it all that often because I try to put soul food in my mind, but I do like to know what's going on in the world. So I do the headlines. It's nutty. It's nutty out there. I know you're feeling it. I know you're seeing it. Some people like can't get enough of filling their mind with all of this wildness and craziness that's going on out there. But... Because that's out there, um, it's not only in our culture, this uncertainty and this feeling of, of not knowing what the future holds and really having no way of knowing. You can go to as many astrologers as you want. There are only potential destiny lines out there. There's so much free will and choice in it that nobody could map perfectly the future anyway. Even if we could, would we want to? So there's this tremendous feeling of uncertainty. We don't know what's going on culturally, globally. But also in my client practice and even in my own life, I'm, I'm getting so many folks who are feeling like, I don't know what my life is about. I don't know what my relationships are doing. I mean, is this even real? People are throwing up big questions right now because they're not feeling certain. And, you know, in our Western culture, we've learned that, that safety, this feeling of safety that we're kind of like in that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? It's very important for us to feel safe in the world. And a lot of us are losing that feeling of safety right now as, as the uncertainty creeps in. And in our Western culture, we've learned that safety comes with certainty. You gotta get clear, you gotta have a plan, you gotta work the plan, it's gotta go to plan, it's gotta be perfect, and then you can feel safe. If it's not, then don't feel safe. And that's kind of our Western culture in a nutshell. What's interesting to me is that in shamanic cultures, it's totally different. For shamanic cultures, the safety doesn't come from certainty. Not at all. They know that nothing is certain. They know that every breath is kind of a gift and that every passing moment is treasure. And so for shamanic cultures, where they find safety is through the connection to the natural, to the natural cycles. The more that we are connected to the sunrise and the sunset and the moonrise, and the turning of the earth and the great expansion of the cosmos, the more we are connected to that, then the safer we feel. In our Western culture, we're struggling right now because we've become massively disconnected from what is natural. People are no longer chasing what is natural. They're chasing what's normal or what's acceptable or some other mysterious thing like perfection. We're chasing the wrong thing if we want to feel safe. Because in nature, everything has a time. You know, I hate to sound like that old song by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, but everything has a time. If you think about it, it would be so weird for us to have anxiety and therefore crave certainty about the sun rising. You know, like, it's a cloudy day here today, and it would be super strange for me to think, oh, I don't know if the sun's going to come up tomorrow. I better start to worry about that. And I better start to figure out how I could make the sun rise tomorrow because, oh my gosh, what time does the sun need to rise? And will everybody's crops go if the sun doesn't come up? And I need to fix that. I need to control that. Now I'm having a heart attack. It'd be weird for us to worry about things that happen naturally 
It would be weird for us to worry about trying to control that, make that more certain. It is certain. There's a time for the sun to rise. There's a time for the sun to set. Just like there's a time for us to blossom and a time for us to pause and a time for us to be connected and a time for us to be alone. There's a time for everything. I think our struggle comes is that we have forgotten that we are also a part of the, the natural cycles. You know, shamans say that all of our suffering, all of our dis-ease comes from the fact that we've forgotten that we are connected to this great cosmic energy that they call kausai. It's this life force energy, a lot like prana or chi, but they call it kausai and it animates all things. It's just this energy that's been around since forever and will continue to be around since forever and animates all things and it's nameless and they call it kausai. And so we forget that we are a part of this natural energy that is animating the cosmos. And that's what makes us feel really strange, is that we don't feel a part of things. So many people are struggling right now with feelings of belonging, feelings of connection, feelings of, of shifting sands, of uncertainty. And it's only because we've forgotten that we are natural. We are part of the natural rhythms of life and that they are working through us and we are working with them. In relationships, oh my gosh, this is like my favorite place to see my own BS, right? I mean, BS is so easy to see in relationships. Um, when you think about this wanting certainty, you know, many people go through life starving. They're starving for connection. They're starving for affection and love and all those important things that as humans, fleshy, beautiful humans that we need, we need that like air. And so we're craving it and we don't feel like we have it because we haven't learned to cultivate it ourselves. And so we'll meet someone who kind of almost feels like a connection and it'll feel like we're going to eat filet mignon. And it feels like that because we've been starving. Really, if you take three steps back, what it probably is is a bologna sandwich. But when you're starving, like, bologna's great, right? It's like you couldn't want anything better if you were starving. You would eat that and be so grateful for it, and absolutely. And so once we've eaten, then we're like, oh, my gosh, how am I? I can't let go of the bologna sandwich. i got to hold on to the bologna sandwich. I need more bologna sandwiches. I need it every day because if I don't eat then every day, I can't go back to not having this thing that fills me, that nourishes me. And so we obsessively begin to try to control the relationship. So that the object of our relationship, him, her, them, whoever it is, starts to fill us, starts to feed us. And we fear starving without them. We fear the loss of that so much once we've tasted it. Ugh, I mean, my mouth is wandering thinking about it. But yeah, we fear the loss of that so much that we begin then to get obsessed with certainty. How can I be certain that we're going to see each other at this time and we're going to do this and that we're going to name it that and then this is going to be our future and now I've got everything certain and I can take a deep breath and relax. And that would kind of be this Western obsessive way to handle it is this drive to certainty. And what's amazing is that in that drive to certainty, what we're doing is we're completely sabotaging the relationship. If all you're doing in a relationship is talking about the relationship, you ain't got a relationship. I hate to tell you that. It's the truth. The relationship's about hitting golf balls and sitting by a fire and laughing about stupid jokes. That, that's, that's the magic of the relationship. And sure, talking about it every now and then keeps it on track and keeps everybody clear. It's a beautiful thing to communicate. But when we are obsessively trying to, to create certainty, rather than let things flow naturally, we can sabotage that relationship because you know why? It's getting created out of fear. And a relationship that's built on fear of loss is going to become really dysfunctional really fast. 
So a couple of things you want to remember. If you find this happening in your relationships, God knows I have. You know, that's why I can talk about this stuff, right? Is the thing that helps me get through those moments, and that I've advised so many of the clients that we work with, is that you have to start to find really powerful ways to nourish yourself so that you're not falling for every baloney sandwich and then clinging onto it like you're never going to eat again. That's foolish. But for folks who have been hurt, they've starved, you know what I'm talking about. So find a way to create that nourishment for yourself. Maybe it's going to yoga classes. Maybe it's sitting in the sun until you're all sweaty. That's what I do. I love that. The other thing I do is I read every morning. I read inspirational books from inspirational people, and I fill my mind with good things. And I remember who I am and, and that I'm plugged into the greater cosmos. And then I can relax, and then the relationships that I have from there are more natural. When we remember that we are part of a natural process, it works. And the way of being that I would encourage you to try on is try trusting. Just try it. Try it. Like, do a little social experiment. Try trusting. Try trusting what people tell you. Try trusting what your eyes see, what your heart feels, and then breathe. And I think that you'll find that your relationships begin to blossom in brand new ways. I also know a lot of folks right now are wrestling with jobs, like their career. Things are falling apart. There's the sands are shifting underneath them. Uh, people are getting laid off, um, you know, in, in bigger organizations. Things are getting shifted around. Things that are now getting shipped overseas. There's just a lot of change going on um, in the global corporate setting right now and, and in education and in government and everywhere. So people are feeling a little bit nervous about this. And my dad always had this great phrase. And he used to say, when people fear losing their jobs, they become completely ineffective. And that really sunk in when I was working in, um, in a financial industry back in Columbus, Ohio. Because as I looked around, and I was in executive development, so I saw a lot of leaders in action. And I would see leaders who were brave leaders, and they were having difficult conversations with people, they were making decisions, they were trying new things, they were innovating new programs, they were, they were trying to solve problems in a real way with people involved and listening to, to differing, uh, different opinions. They were wrestling with all of this. And they were being extremely brave and they were quite effective and they would end up getting promoted. But then I saw on the other side of the, the shop, I would see leaders who had gotten to a comfortable place in the organization and then got struck with fear. It's like when you're king of the mountain, you know someone's climbing up to tear you off. It's almost like they were playing king of the mountain and they got to a certain position in the organization and would start to freak out. Like, oh my God, how can I hold on to it? And I can't let it go and if everything's going to fall apart. And instead of becoming more effective because of that fear... What happened is they would crave certainty. They would go to this place and try to create certainty around their lives so they didn't want to make anyone mad, which creates a lot of ineffectiveness. They didn't want to try anything that was too risky. They wanted to play it safe so they could be certain that they would still have their job. And what they ended up doing is completely sabotaging their role. Because as a leader in the world, no matter what your industry is, you need to be able to propose creative solutions. You need to be able to have difficult conversations and you absolutely need to take risks. And so by trying to create certainty to feel safe, what ended up happening is they sabotaged all their safety and ended up getting fired from the jobs because they were no longer effective. So this, this obsession with certainty 
is totally, um, it's, it's like a little bit insidious because it's hard to see and it can sabotage everything if you're not looking. And so when we start to really get comfortable more in a natural cycle with our jobs, what it looks like is you're naturally wired as a human being to identify the flow, to identify blockages to flow, which actually makes all humans pretty decent at problem solving if they can calm their mind down a little bit. So when you step into the natural state of being, you can start to watch how the money is flowing through the organization, how the customer service is flowing through the organization, how everything is flowing through the organization. And when you can locate blockages, plan, solve problems, propose solutions, then you're knocking it out of the park. But it's not until you can calm down your mind enough to start to sense the natural ebb and flow of what's going on around you. A way of being that I find that works really well when we're in that is a calmness, a stillness. People need to cultivate stillness in the middle of chaos. It's like being in the eye of a hurricane. The world is not going to stop being chaotic. I hate to tell you that. I know you might have thought you were hoping for that, but it's not going to happen in any way I can imagine. But what we can do is create a stillness inside. And learning to be still in the middle of chaos is one of the most powerful things that you can do. You'll have a clear mind. And you'll be able to track and see what's actually happening in reality in front of you. And when there is a problem, you will calmly be able to solve it. But if you're running around all up in your head, crazy with fear, you're not going to be solving that problem well and you're going to be ineffective in your role. The other place that I see this craving for certainty is around parenting. And I, I've also been a part of it. I see it in my own life, which is so funny because I know more, but there's something instinctual sometimes that takes over. And, you know, as a mom, I want everyone to be happy. I want everyone to be perfectly fed. I want everybody to have exactly what they need and never suffer and feel pain. Like when they scrape their knee, I'm like, oh, it hurts me because I just don't want them to have pain. And there are a lot of parents out there that are craving certainty for their futures of their children. They, they want to be able to kind of nail down the kind of human their kids are going to be, the kind of job their kids are going to have, the kind of circles their kids are going to run with. And because of that craving of certainty, a lot of them have become really obsessed and controlling about how to shape that and create it. And it's amazing how that sabotages the relationships in the family because it can sabotage, in fact, the child's ability to create in the future the life that they dream of. When we take control of another person's life or way of being and start to tell them that we know best after a certain age, then what we're doing is we're robbing them of their leadership abilities, of their leadership lessons. We're robbing them of their ability to create a way to get back up. And when people fall and have to get back up, their confidence goes through the roof. And that's the skill that people need to succeed in adult life. They need confidence. They need belief in themselves. They need that. When parents become over-obsessed with certainty and try to control every single feeling, emotion, and protect the children, from feeling any discomfort at all, then the child never learns to deal with discomfort. And I don't know about you, but I'm an adult and I feel uncomfortable a whole lot of the time. And I've learned resilience. I've learned how to rise with that and get back up after falling. And if I hadn't, 
then I would be a completely ineffective adult, right? I'd be in the covers crying all day long. I wouldn't be able to raise children, run a business, do any of the awesome stuff that I do. So we have to really lighten up around craving certainty around our children. What we need to do instead is adopt this way of being, just being loving, being loving. And in another like action that I love to apply um, and suggest to my clients all the time is be a coach. Like you want to be able to coach your children as they get older, this gets easier. When they're little, you know, they need to learn, like if you put your hand on the stove, it's hot. There's not a lot of coaching that goes on with that. It's just pretty much no, but that's still coaching. It's very direct. As they get older, it gets a little more question asking-y. Is that even a word? That should be totally a word. I love it. So you start to ask questions about, oh, what's your decision going to be? What do you think the effect of that decision is going to be? And in that way, the children learn to make decisions and they learn what the consequences will be. And then when they have the consequences, being able to coach them through coping with the consequence, whether it's a heartache, they took a risk and they told someone they loved them and they asked them out and the person said no. That's a beautiful, risky decision that led to heartache. And then coaching them on how to recover from heartache that doesn't involve five gallons of hog and toss is an amazing life skill. you got to teach them that. So those are the things that I know. This is what I know. Like craving certainty is a sure path to sabotaging everything that you've got going on that's good. But when we can remember that we are part of the natural cycles, to allow the natural cycles, our natural yearnings and desires that come from our heart, not from our mind, but the desires that are in our heart, they're not going to lead us astray. They're really not. Those desires are like little seeds that have been planted before you were born. They were planted in your heart. The shamans will say things like, spirit doesn't plant seeds in the mind. Spirit plants seeds in the heart. So if you can calm the mind enough to feel and listen to what's going on down there, then you'll never be lost. It's like true north on your compass. That heart space is what connects us to the natural cycles of life, to nature, and all that is expanding, all that ebbs and flows, where everything exists in a symbiotic relationship. There is a balance and a harmony to nature that we crave. And if we want to create it in our own lives, then we have to connect and remember that we're connected to those same natural cycles as the seasons, as the moon, as the eclipse, as the falling leaves, as the rain and the tides. So if you found uh, anything helpful about this podcast because you're wrestling with certainty and wishing you had more of it and you want to share this, please pass this podcast along because we're all in this together. We're all wrestling with little bits of uncertainty here and there and some of us are wrestling with a lot. And plugging into nature and the natural cycles and the rhythms of your heart is the way of safety. It's not uncertainty. It's in what's natural. All right, loves, so good to be with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for joining me um, here with Naughty Shaman, where we like to keep the sacred a little bit wild and totally real. Hey, this is Natalie Griffin with Naughty Shaman, and I'm so glad that you're joining me today. Today, what I'm on fire about is just what we're doing here on the planet, you know, and I've come to a conclusion. I believe that we are here on the planet to express our souls as massively as possible. Our souls came here to to share something, to express itself in some way, whether that's in how we raise our children and making art, making love, making music. We're here to make. 
We are makers. And I'm going to share with you my philosophy on why we are makers and how to become like amazing creators. Because it's in our blood, it's in our nature, it's in our spirits, it's in our souls to be creators. So many of you have probably heard this idea that um, we have a masculine and a feminine energy inside of us. I believe that to be true. In yoga, we'll call it a Shiva and a Shakti. And, you know, the whole practice of yoga is about yoking these, these holy opposites. In shamanic cultures, they call it yananti masinti. It's these, these sacred and, and, and complementary opposites that come together inside of us. And if we personify them as a masculine and the feminine, it's really cool to understand how important it is for our inner masculine and our inner feminine to be of equal power in order to create. Can you imagine, you know, you've got your inner masculine. I always imagine my inner masculine to be like a gladiator because I, I don't know, I got a gladiator vibe about me, a little warrior spirit or something. So I always imagine my inner masculine like this gladiator. And I'm like, okay, the gladiator, he's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a gladiator. And then he looks for his feminine partner and she's like meek and mild and quiet. And, uh, you know, he's gonna gobble her up and destroy her. You know, they wouldn't be a good match for creating conversely. Let's imagine my inner feminine. Yeah, sometimes imagine her like some Amazonian princess eating grapes and wearing white flowy clothes. And, and let's say she's super powerful and so clear and so passionate and so open to spirit. And then there's this masculine energy that's kind of like, well, not making decisions and not really present and not really quiet. You can see how those two would not be a good match either. So inside of us, the inner masculine and the inner feminine need to be powerful together. They need to have equal power so they can dun, 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 get it on and get it together and so we can get creating. So the masculine energy in us is this amazing force that creates structure, creates structure and discipline and vision and decision-making and, and, and worldly cares. It makes things real in the world, you know? It, it sets up buildings and, and works out every day and, do, and does things that are important for the structure of the body, for the structure of our lives, our finances, things like this. The feminine in us is there to inspire, is there to create this deep emotional well of experience that's just totally pure and whole.